At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Are you badass? You know you want to be. If not, you're doing the next best thing. Listening to Kevin and Chuck, the badass hosts of the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast. Welcome back to the Survival and Basic Badass Podcast with Kevin and Chuck. Today we're going to talk about espionage. Um, We had some other episodes, sabotage, clandestine operations, personal privacy. They all kind of touch on espionage and how to kind of protect yourself from the bad that's out there in the world. But, uh, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, earlier this week and... uh, He's, uh, you know, one of these big government clearance guys and, and has the big background a little more in, uh, you know, counterintelligence, that kind of stuff. So we were talking and, and I was showing him the podcast and the downloads and he's like, gee, you know, they seem to download your podcast in Beijing, China quite a bit. <laughs> they must, uh, you know, that, that's a little strange that they find such an interest, you know, not too many uh, Americans hanging out there. And we don't have that broad of an audience. He thought that was a little odd. A little odd, more more than uh. And and they download Moscow. a lot. Yeah, you know. So I was like, oh yeah, you know. Now that you say it, and he was like, are you sure you guys are not talking that's... about classified information on the podcast? Mm-hmm. And well, that's kind of counter uh, uh, right there. It's kind of counterintelligence in the sense that uh, we're watching who's watching. Oh, see, we're we're looking out, and that that's it. But you know. Believe it or not, espionage goes way back. Um, The Hebrews, Moses, all through the scriptures, they would talk about spies. And you got to remember, they had like really small armies. And, you know, it was tough for the Hebrews to kind of defend themselves and be on top of it. And they would send somebody in to look at the weak spots in the walls. They would kind of take notes of troop movements and do that. I mean, so all this stuff has been going on throughout history. Right. Thousands and thousands of years. You know, a new thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we you'd think that we came up with it here. Right. 
But no, right. no other people Sun have been Tzu, doing uh, it. Sun Tzu spent a lot of his, uh, you know, Sun Tzu in the Art of War spent a lot of time talking about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Tell me about Sun Tzu. Sun Tzu. Well, you know who he is. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sun Tzu, no, Art, Art the Art of War. War uh, yeah. You know, there's been a lot of adaptations of his books. Um, but, you know, all through his book, it's it's uh, there's a lot of things pointing to uh, knowing your enemy as well as you know yourself. Oh. And so, uh, you know, he's he's always... You know, if you if you haven't read his his book or a version of his book, I I recommend it because definitely got a, a lot have. of valid points. Um, you know the uh, the the Syrians were really one of the the first to really get in on that with uh, the the Fertile Crescent. You know, Iraq, Iran. You know, mm-hmm. all kind of in there. They would talk about uh, the spies and informants and report back and. Believe it or not, the clergy were a, a big part of spying. It, it's funny they, uh, a, as the church broke into different sects, and mm-hmm. they were able to, you know, steer some clergy away and say, "Look, if you know you want to kind of make your path grow, the government here, we can help you mm-hmm. if you kind of get some intel and bring it back to us, right?" And stuff like that. I know you had mentioned uh, you found some kind of scripture, or was it not that good? Well, it was. It was. Uh, I looked looked through a few uh, CIA uh, unclassified, you know, information about about counterintelligence. And uh, one of the guys, uh, James M. Olson, he had a uh, um, a paper about the Ten Commandments of counterintelligence. Okay. And uh, we won't get into that yet. We can get into that later. But he started out with uh, Isaiah forty-eight eighteen, which says, uh, "Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments." Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. And I think that's uh, a kind of harkens to the idea of, uh, you know, paying attention, uh, you know, to what you're supposed to be doing before it's an emergency. Uh, you know, like obviously uh, that's that's a, a secular interpretation of that. All right. But, um, you know, that's uh, it kind of uh, leads in with the idea that, um, you know, there's people that are out to get you, and, you know, you need to watch out for that ahead of time. All right, sounds right. Now, I actually, so I went, I wanted to do some research. Okay. I put espionage in the Google and, and checked it out, and there's The a, Google, wait, the Google on the interweb? The interweb, Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, I know, because you were waiting for me to say googly. <laughs> I googlyed it, but I was trying to mix it up. Okay. You know? All right. So, I type in espionage, and apparently I was able to get some kind of correct spelling and there's a security software called espionage that you can lock all the folders on your computer so i'm like all right let me look at this i'm just curious whatever what it does is depending on the password that you type in to open up these folders Uh it opens different folders right so when the bad guy puts the gun to your head and is like oh open your folder so I can see your secret documents, then it's all the right, right there. I can to... type in the password to show him. But the problem is the government or anybody who's going to force you to open folders, I can't help but think they might see that, oh, isn't that an espionage? Oh, but it pl- That's the one with multiple still, passwords. It just doesn't allow you to open it. It doesn't. Oh, I see what you're saying. Multiple yeah, passwords. Right, as soon as they see, oh, that's from that company. You have to company. memorize passwords. Everyone knows that. You can't write them down places. Right, but 
I don't know. It just, I was like, wait a minute. You're not that clever if everybody knows that the wrong password opens right. the wrong folders. So if they get a bunch of folders on Mickey Mouse... I don't know. I, I feel like if I was trying to get somebody to open their computer, I wouldn't know about this. No? Not until now. Now I do. Now? Now you blew up the spot. I did. All right. So you said, uh, you know, it goes back to the foundings of our country. Even yeah, this, this, this uh, country especially has a, a big history. And, you know, we think about the CIA and the Secret Service and, and different... You know, groups, but they weren't around, uh, you know, for most of our history. Right. You know, the CIA wasn't invented until right, you know, right around uh, World War Two, uh, And that wasn't even a big, you know, big situation then. Right. But uh, Washington was obviously, he's, you know, he's known. They had that show Spies with the, with the, you right. know, the Washington Spies and that, that sort of stuff. But uh, the, the person that they consider the founding father of counterintelligence is John Jay. Okay. He was, uh, you know, one of uh, uh, Washington's, uh, you know, cabinet members. And um, they even found a uh, British conspiracy to kill George Washington by one of his bodyguards. And uh, it was um, Thomas Thomas Hickey. And they ended up executing him because he was, uh, they, they wanted him to capture or assassinate Washington. Wow. Um, and he had like a, he had a group of at least 10 agents. They're not 100% sure on it. John Jay did. Okay. Um, one of the pers- people that stuck out was Enoch Crosby. He's got one of those old uh, 1700s uh, names, Enoch. And uh, his, he was uh, like the, the original James Bond, at least the American version. I'm sure the British have been doing that a lot longer than we have. They're, they're actually, you know, they're known for their counterintelligence skills. They are. But, but uh, he was, uh, he would join up with um, loyalist groups and, uh, you know, he would, he would report back what they're doing. And then right before they're, right before or after they're captured, he like escaped so that he wasn't known as a spy that uh, turned him in. They didn't rat him. Yeah. Yep. One of the times they were talking about how he, uh, right before, you know, he, told uh, the Americans to hide in a barn and they'd be coming past there. And right before he dive, dove into like a, a bale of hay and they captured everybody, but then they started going through with bayonet stabbing hay. Oh. <laughs> so they ended up catching him. And um, <laughs> when they brought him back and, you know, locked him up, they, uh, the, the, uh, the lady that lived in the house recognized him from meetings that he had had with John Jay and she she drugged the guards so that he he could escape, and you know then word spread of his escape, and all the loyalists still felt like he was uh, on their side and was just like really nice. good, and it just kind of cemented his uh you know his, and it's interesting though because he was uh he was right around here his most oh, yeah? of his work was uh, Marlboro all right and yep. Fishkill these are you know these are towns that are right around our our neighborhood so I thought yep. he was an interesting character no not bad. Um, another one I was, uh, going to talk about was Thomas Jefferson. Okay. And he had a real thing with, uh, with puzzles, different, different types of, uh, things like that. And he, well, he was secretary of state for Washington. He came up with the wheel cipher and some people know about this, but it's not a a huge issue, but it was used quite a bit. And it was basically, it was a, uh, uh, rod with 26 wheels on it. And on the edge. Did of I see this wheel, in the Da Vinci Code? Was it in? I don't know. Uh, I see. I read the Da Vinci Code, but I don't remember it. All right. 
Go um, on. But he had like a series of, of numbers and letters on, on each row. Yes. And you would line those up, write out your message, and then send that, that gibberish over to uh, the next person, you know, and they would, would use the, the wheel cipher. They would line up the gibberish and then turn it around until it read out a message. Mm. Now, would you... Uh, I, I was told that you were willing to start setting up some kind of cipher code for the prepping badass audience you know, for do, the hardcore we loyal? Yeah, well, I have, I have some basic I, ideas and maybe at the end of the show. All right, all right. Because I know you're going to read off some code for the hardcores. Mm-hmm. But, uh, all right, I'll save that for later. So, after Washington. Uh, well, after Washington. after Jefferson, I guess. Yeah, well, it gets into, into Jefferson's presidency. He was, uh, you know, he was, um, uh, there's a lot of information. I don't want to get too much into it. I didn't read too much no. into it. But he had a lot of information about, um, uh, about uh, the Barbary Pirates. Yeah. You know, yeah, the Marine yeah. Him. Yeah. They're right in there. You know, nice. so um, uh, you know his his big thing was overthrowing the government that supported the Barbary pirates. A lot like you know we've yeah dealt with governments. Uh, you know the Taliban wasn't necessarily an enemy of the United States before they were harboring terrorists. So it was kind of along those same lines. A lot of people don't think of George Washington or as Thomas Jefferson as uh, being a very proactive president, but he was the first president to uh, fight fundamental Islam and, and uh, Islamic extremism. And let's not, let's not forget that our country was, was kind of based on this. this. And it disappeared from a lot, for a long time, but it's been around in the background yeah, all they, this time. You know, I know they debated long and hard about, you know, they were worried about freedom of religion. I can talk freedom yeah, free- of religion. Mm-hmm. And they were like, you know, with the Muslims, I'm not sure we want to do that. And they were very concerned. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know, but if we're going to have principles, you got to right. have principles, you know. Right. So it, it's definitely been an ongoing battle throughout America's history. Right. Um, where uh, where does this take us? Well, that was, uh, you know, that was uh, our basic, the, the research I did on the Founding Fathers. Right. And, uh, you know, obviously uh, counterintelligence has gone, you know, in a lot of directions since then. Yes. Um. You know, I flipped through uh, some of the different information out there, kind of, uh, you know, thinking about um, thinking about uh, codes and code breaking, and uh, you know, the the Enigma machine, Enigma machine, Enigma machine, right? right? And uh, you know, it kind of led me to, uh, you know, they've got a, a real science now down with the uh, counterintelligence. Yeah. Um, you know, the CIA we have now. Is nothing compared, nothing like uh, what we had earlier in our, you know, our history, early yeah. history. Well, that's, I mean, you know, World War Two. I was, I was just thinking, uh, you know, the Stasi were mm-hmm. so far ahead, and it was really how brutal they were willing to be to right. get information. Mm-hmm. Um, they were, they say, in line with KGB, almost equal in ability, right? But maybe even the Stasi had the edge. At the time, our CIA was nothing compared, you know, as far as the ability to gather intelligence. Right. Um, we did not, you know, have the influence and the that they built up. I mean, those people really were groundbreaking. But, I mean, all throughout history, you were just mentioning, you know, Washington Jefferson. Uh, the Romans were huge in spies and, 
you know, throughout Shakespeare right. plays, you know, you Brutus and the whole thing, yeah, right? I've been listening it, to that podcast, The History of Rome. Okay. And it was really 90% of the, it seemed like, it's 90% of the... and spying. Yeah, and, spies and, and all that that sort of stuff. And, you know, let alone the fact that all the conspiracies happened to, to assassinate emperors, you know. Most of them only lasted uh, three or four months before they got they got taken out and somebody else took their spot. That's not a job I would want, though, that it. kind of life experience. You know, as I was doing the research, I mean, America has actually, I, I guess it's our freedom and, and freedom of speech and things like that, that just, I, I guess we have easy, a different mindset of what, you know, security and stuff like that. All these other governments, everything's so private. Right. You talk about, I, I was doing some research for this on, uh, you know, the the spies studying the Nazi party in, in California and like that. And they said, you know, we have no problem going out and like touring the Navy bases in, you know, 1939. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if somebody in the Nazi party, you know, the American Nazi party was like, Oh, you know, I'd like to see the ships and take some pictures. It looks, we were like, Oh, no problem. Come on in, you know, whatever they, some of the, the spies reporting back to Germany as far as, oh, what kind of planes are they building? How many? What kind of ships? They were actually sending back newspaper clippings and being like, yeah, because yeah, right there in the news. This based in yeah. San Diego's, you know, this factory's putting mm -hmm. out this and that. And all this stuff was like right out there in the open. And you know what? It's part of who we are. It's, right. I don't necessarily look at that as a flaw. Right. America, right? It's, openness is is one of the uh, you know, openness is one of the the key values I think Americans believe in. You and know, we should you should know what your government's doing, but also that allows yeah foreign governments to know what our government's doing. It, it gives you a little you know openness and whatever, and you know you hear like loose lips sink ships, and you know you don't want yep. to uh, you know you don't want to be the guy to give out you know information, but man. America, we're pretty much an open book, mm -hmm. you know? There's a lot of cool things out there, and, and we're happy to... You know what? I kind of look at it as, back in the day, people uh, didn't really want... Not everybody. There was a small section that didn't want the patent office. And they're like, you know what? By patenting things, it stops growth and, and new development. You know really? what I mean? The I idea is, Well, the the way they looked at it was... If you come up with a new invention and you sell it and it's great, yeah, you're worried about somebody stealing your idea and whatever, but the idea is you should be moving forward that by the time they copy it and they're able to get it into production, you've already made the better version right. of your product. You're already ahead of that. You should always be one step ahead yeah. and other people are just chasing your coattails. Yeah. Now, you know, I know some people are just going to have one idea for their lifetime. Right. And then you you're kind of stuck. One. But, you know, that's the idea is well, the I moving know, uh, forward. A lot of the um a lot of the problems right now with copyrights and that sort of stuff is is uh involved with China. You know, they um China is is uh, you know, they're writing Harry Potter books and and <sighs> everything, you know, the whole nine yards. But uh, you know, right now they're they're even at the level where they have to they can't even reverse engineer information that we have, uh, you know, on on uh, you know the phones and the 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 higher end technology, they can't even reverse engineer it because they're so far behind us. Really? And I think a lot of that has to do with um, 
our openness of ideas here in this country in the in the sense that they keep us moving forward we're moving, it's a big we're moving collaboration. faster than they can even uh, catch up yeah no that's you know that's something to be said for that a lot of it like a lot of the chinese have actually you know are known for hacking and and getting into people's emails and things like that you wouldn't expect that a government you know is really behind these things but what is it? The Chinese, you know, yeah, People's well, I mean, Army. They've been in, uh, you know, quite a few, and it's it's way too many to go through on this podcast. But there's uh, there's huge amounts of data on, on the internet. If you want to look into it, if you if you think that I'm um making things sound worse than they are, then uh, I recommend that you do some of your own research. But um, the U.S. House of Representatives Select Committee, okay. Uh, we're warning about this in the the Cox report, C O X report, Cox report. Uh, so about, I spelled that different. So all that's, right, yeah. All right. Stolen classified info on thermonuclear warheads. So we're just going to talk about nuclear missiles here. All right. Um, stole they stole information on the W fifty six Minuteman two intercontinental intercontinental ballistic missile, W sixty two. Minuteman number three, W seventy Lance short range ballistic missiles, W seven six Trident C uh, four. That's a sub launched right. ballistic missile. Uh, the Minuteman three W seventy eight ICBM, the W eighty seven Peacekeeper, the W eighty eight Trident. Uh, are you not trying to make launched. my podcast boring? Are you? Well, I'm just saying these are things. These are all information. That's right. been stolen from the United States by the Chinese. And the list goes on. And the go- it goes on and on. Now, in 2010, Google, right. uh, January 2010, Google reported, a, uh, quote, a highly sophisticated and targeted attack on our corporate infrastructure originating from China that resulted in the theft of intelligent, uh, intellectual property from Google that was targeted at Gmail accounts of Chinese human rights activists. Oh. So that's them targeting Google right. with malware so to that get. they can prosecute their own people yeah. for speaking out. Yes. So, I mean, in one sense, I should, I should like, you know, applaud them for <laughs> sabotaging their own country. But at the same time, like, you know, if, any, if anybody needs human rights activists, it's, it's the Chinese. Yes. You know, there are people in China, and I don't feel like the Chinese are bad people. They just have a shitty government. You're willing to say that? I, you know I, they're listening. They're I have, downloading this I have podcast. Chinese friends who I will not name because God forbid they end up in a cell somewhere naked ha- with somebody pissing on them. Yeah, I wouldn't name any uh, Chinese no, friends. But I have friends that are Chinese that are decent, decent people. But their government is shady. Yes. Um, you were talking about. All right, here's a uh, here's one. Uh, 2013, the New York Times was hacked because they're critical of the the. Chinese president. If you are a U.S.-based uh, news organization and you're critical of the Chinese government, prepare to have your shit hacked. So we're unless gonna have to watch nobody out. listens. Yeah, unless nobody listens, but we're gonna have to watch out now. My my email is probably looked at. You know, they're gonna yep. they're gonna know all the uh, bizarre stuff I look up on the internet. Yeah, you know, Bigfoot might be real. I'm not, not saying anything, <laughs> but maybe but, the Chinese are, are interested in that. But if they're looking, they might see that you're on to something, you know? Uh-huh. All right, so um, you were talking about uh, hydro- hydraulic fracking. Yes. That was recently. Uh, we were talking uh, about that. 
Um, U.S. Steel. U.S. Steel and, yep. were designing uh, pipes uh, designed for fracking without seams. Right. Seamless piping so they could mm-hmm. bang it into the ground. Right. And it would, uh, you know, go through without problems. And then all of a sudden, uh, Chinese knockoffs start showing up with the exact same equipment. Cheaper. Uh-huh. Easy produced. Nice. Uh-huh. And, it, you know, it was obvious that the Chinese were stealing their info. They were stealing, um, you know, info on... Uh, Pricing. Now, how do you go about like something this? like that? Like, you always, you know, people are like, oh, well, I don't go on, you know, porn websites, so I'm not going to get malware. I don't need to worry right. about it. Right. Right. Isn't that and what you happens? Were, or? You were talking about, uh, when we were talking before the show, you were Cyber talking security, about security, yep. Um, uh, people, board members getting emails from the CEO that had a link. Well, that's, that's how it gets a little more right. advanced. That's and that seems thing. pretty, you know, if you would think that if you're a board member and you, the CEO sends you an email, that obviously that's safe, but maybe it's also the Chinese that, you know. Ah, the Chinese, those bastards. Just have the same name, you know. You know, I get an email from Kevin. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, he's probably wants to talk about the podcast. Click on this link about hey, prepping. Chuck, look at this link about prepping, you know. Mm-hmm. I found this article about silencers and uh, Let's just make a, a mutual agreement that if I you get an email from me or I get an email from you with a link, well, we call each other first and just confirm. The reality is I've never gotten an email from Right. You. That's why it should be <laughs> suspicious, but don't give it away. Oh, we just tipped our hand, huh? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, luckily we have a secret code worked in there, so I'll be on the lookout. Mm-hmm. Now, so U.S. Steel. So the Chinese would actually send out, you know, an email from the uh, the CEO. Mm-hmm. They'd open it up, and there'd be a link to websites with malware, things that, uh, you know, expose them. And then all of a sudden, what they have? Like, it was 700,000 pages of uh, documents hacked? Is yeah, it, no, a crazy Steel, amount, or? a crazy amount. They added maybe in, that was Westinghouse. 1.4... Uh, gigabytes of data. Of data, from the, yeah. From Westinghouse. Oh, uh, it was Westinghouse. Um, Sorry, but yeah. yeah, China's all over the place, you know. Yeah, and then there's the solar, you know, solar power issue. There, you know, and it's not. I'm not trying to say that these are the things that they're stealing. These, these are the information they're stealing. I'm saying that these are examples. Right. E.g., these are some examples of. Go. Yeah, uh, of what they're stealing from us. Right. And and, and it's not limited to. Like I said, Harry Potter books, it's not limited to high tech. It's no. just stealing uh, information that's property of and exploiting else. it and, and using, you know, stealing, basically stealing money. But we people. can get some really cheap shit at Walmart, right? Yeah, that's where I get my Rubbermaid products, which are all made in China now. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing, you know, if you but, want you know, cheap you crap can, from China. And people talk about, you know, like uh, China and, and, you know, communism works and shit like that. It works yeah, it, it off works. the back of. It, yeah, it works if you have two two billion slaves. It doesn't work, you know, for those two billion if slaves. If you have two billion slaves and somebody else coming up with all the information and right. the new creative ideas that you get for free. Right. Then right. it works. Then it works. If you're if you're willing to steal and enslave the people that you're supposed to represent as a government, then it works. Um, one thing that I wanted to get on too that's off topic all right um you know we can uh we can talk about a lot of different things about the chinese but one thing that i learned that seems very interesting is that it's not it's not uh you know information that's not widely known that the chinese censor their 
their media. What? One of the things that they censor that I think is amazing is time travel information. Ah, You're not allowed to, to watch movies that involve time travel. You're not allowed to read books about time travel. Why this is, I can only, like, I can come up with ideas why, but they're all crazy. They are crazy. <laughs> Just like Hillary Clinton collecting the DNA of, of all foreign diplomats. I know, I, I have some ideas why she might do it, but, but they're, they're all, all crazy. crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. I but mean, think you know? about a world where you cannot watch Back to the Future. Oh, that's a sad world. You know, think about a world where you're missing out on You know what I saw? The Chuck astronaut's Barry. wife? That movie's messed up. Yeah, I've never yeah. seen it. It's really deep on that whole thing, mm-hmm. but then uh, there's some bad cheating things, and I mm-hmm. I always like get scarred every time I see anything with anybody cheating. Yeah. I run in my room and cry, and <laughs> you know, I have some bad you know past and, yeah, and bad, it's bad But you know, but it, that movie uh, it was deep. It was all about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I'm yeah. Like, well, oh, I mean, there's just... there's tons of amazing time travel movies that they're missing out on that just culturally. That's why the United States is ahead of the of China, is is things like that. Time travel. I thought if it was because we're full of badasses. No, if you don't know about Chuck Berry, and rock and roll music, and it's being censored by China, then you're gonna live a life that's unfulfilled. I think that's right. I think that uh, that's a sad day. <laughs> it's a sad day. Uh, now I wanted to get off, uh, get back on topic. A oh, little thank bit. you. All right. Um, you know, time travel, it's a big deal with me. That it's, right. it's personally offensive I that they censor that. I have some books I'm going to bring over for you. Yeah, we can do some time travel info, but, you know, it's not, not pertinent to our podcast. And, you know, if you're going to travel People back in time. People might find it pas- fascinating. Well, what I was thinking is... I should is, not drink the beers before the podcast. There's, a lot, of, there's a lot of time travel uh, talk about, like, if you could go back into the past and kill Hitler. Uh, I don't know if that's the best bet. But if you could go back in, in time and rape Hitler, it would ruin his self-esteem for forever. And he would have never risen to power. I'm just saying, if you have a time machine... Put that out there. Let's go. All right, so I, I was looking at some of the CIA uh, unclassified documents. Yeah. And there's a lot out there. If you want to look through it, there's some interesting stuff. Um, but I had a, a Ten Commandments of Counterintelligence. So if we got time, you want to go? Yeah, those? I think we do. We do have time, and uh, let's get to it. All right. Uh, number one, be offensive. Oh, that they're talking about like double agents, and you know, sitting and waiting for things to happen. Well, is James not... Bond was a little brash. Hey, listen, I liked it. I liked the James Bond movie. All right, go I think, on. Uh, all right. Um, it was the girls. Honor, <laughs> <laughs> honor your professionals. You know, obviously, uh, you don't have all. Well, you know, uh, skills, all the skills that are, are needed for for your counterintelligence. And it's it's okay to uh, find people that are, you know, the professional that, in that field. That, I think, is great advice. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, a lot of people go in cocky. And you know what? I always tell my kids, you can't learn anything if you already know it all. Right. And right. Th- that's, that's the bottom line. Um, I think we kind of brushed over the uh, first one with uh, my rude comments. But uh, be offensive. What do they mean? Um, uh, basically the idea that, you know, if you sit and wait for things to happen, that's not counterintelligence. If you wait to find out who stole your information until after it's stolen, you know, you're, you're 
not going to win the counterintelligence. So we're, we're on the offensive side, offensive. not defensive. And we're they specifically talked about double agents, you know, okay. getting people from other governments to uh, inform for you. All right. Uh, uh, number two is honor your professionals. Number three, own the streets. Okay, so that kind means of command the information yeah, out there. Huh? You don't don't show up to a meeting if you don't have a backup plan and somebody watching your back. And I think the uh, the what I got from this article was that that had gone on for a long time uh, with U.S. intelligence in foreign countries. They were uh, you know they were just showing up. Meanwhile, they're in a meeting being spied on when they should be spying on the spies. And I think that a lot of that has been corrected because I, they see that that behavior was, uh, okay. you know, uh, negative. All right, know your history. That's number four. Uh, you know, so know your the history of, of your interactions with uh, foreign governments. Yeah. You know, know who you're dealing with. And you know where the information that who you're dealing with uh, where they got their information. I feel like we may have overlooked that when we made these negotiations with Iran most recently. Well, I'm not... <laughs> listen, that's a whole podcast in itself, and you're going to make me mad, and I'm going to end up breaking, breaking the coffee table that we're sitting at. All right, carry on. All right. Uh, five, do not ignore analysis. Now, that's something that um, the... I don't want to get into another topic, another, but, another touchy, yeah, but the red. state, I, I know some people from the state department that said that there were no, they had told the government that there are no uh, weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and, then they and the state department them? was was ignored, you know. I'm not saying whether the, the war was just or not, but I am saying that the state department recommended that against it because there was no. All right. All right. Uh... Do not be parochial. That's number six. What that means would would be like, um, you know, share your information. Uh, share your information and get information from your friends and neighbors, you know? All right. I had a, a neighbor came over to me one day and told me that a, a person had gone into my back, pulled up in my driveway, gone in my backyard while I was gone, was there for 10, 15 minutes, and then went back out and got in their car and left. And, uh, you know, that's information that I would not have had if I didn't, you know, didn't, didn't, didn't share my neighbors, assets. Yep. Yeah. Um, number seven, train your people. That's, uh, I think that's a given, you know, what that means. Uh, be aware of, of how to gather information, how to stay safe when you're doing it, you know. Um, do not stay too long. That's number nine. So that that I think that gets into the the fact that um you know sometimes it's time to get the fuck out. Yeah, that you sounds know? right. You you got the the what's um who sang that song? I remember it as a child. You got to know when to hold them. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, he had the game. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers, I think it was. You know, sometimes it's just time to leave. Kenny something. Know when to fold them. Walk away. Run. <clears throat> yeah, number ten. Never give up. And I think that's, um, you know, just a reference to, uh, you know, when you miss something, that doesn't mean that it's all not worthwhile. You okay. know, Pearl Harbor, uh, September 11th, you know, there's more than a few misses that we've had. But that doesn't mean we can't stop watching. And it's the same for you at home, you know? 
if you're uh you know if your house gets break broken into and you never find out who it was that's not a reason to give up locking your doors you know there's uh cameras you can I, get I you can set up your whole neighborhood episode, right. right right somebody go back in, to that episode if uh if broke you're in and then they broke in again and then they broke in again mm-hmm. and had they uh stepped up with the village vigilance uh-huh i don't know just All right, saying. so that's that's the ten of them, and again, that was uh, one of the CIA documents, and it doesn't necessarily uh, pertain to us preppers that are at home, but I think there's a lot of good advice in there that we could, uh, you know, that we can use in our own daily lives. That, so if you want to look that up, that's uh, James M. Olson that that wrote that nice. that paper, and no, uh, it's I think worth it, a read. It does. It, it makes you think. You know, you have perspective. Mm-hmm. But I guess the reason you know we wanted to do this is just get you guys thinking about you know people are listening but also be aware what you say be aware that you know the world is out there the world can listen to anything you say and you know be on top of your game protect the people that you care about and that's uh i guess that's why we're all prepping right is to protect the people we care about so mm-hmm. preppingbadass.com you can email us at preppingbadass at gmail.com. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, on Facebook. Check it out in the show notes. Check us out on Patreon. Maybe leave a review on the iTunes. We've got some new reviews lately. I'm excited about that. And Kevin uh, said that uh, for those of you who are paying attention, 7 6 39 22, 18, 4, 7, 7, 8, 12. Stay safe, and we'll see you next week. just full-blown redneck on these fish. This is like high-tech cane pole fishing right here. From the white sandy beaches to the crystal blue waters, enjoy the best fishing Panama City Beach has to offer during Chasing the Sun, Sundays at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV. Through the Blackwater bayous and in the dark Louisiana night, floats a duck camp, alive with the sounds of swamp pop and the smells of Cajun cooking. Mississippi Delta in Venice to the Cajun prairies of the Southwest. Me and the Duck Camp Dinners crew will be hunting and eating it all. This 
is Duck Camp Dinner. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.